Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who've gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Hello and welcome back to Rock Your Bossitude. So excited that you joined us for today's show. I have a really good friend and a super smart lady with me today. I want to introduce you all to Vivian Wagner. Vivian, how the heck are you, my friend? I am awesome. I'm so glad to be hanging out with you today and chatting about all the things. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you and then we'll get right into it, okay? Sure. Excellent. Vivian Wagner is the founder of Houndstooth Media Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that specializes in SEO and inbound marketing. The Houndstooth team strategically helps businesses build their online presence without the need to spend thousands of dollars on paid traffic. Vivian has a wealth of knowledge on everything from SEO to social media marketing to revenue stream development. Welcome to Rock Your Bossitude, Vivian. I'm so happy and excited to kick in to hear all your good stories. I'm glad to be here. I'm always happy when I get to chat with you and hang out a little bit. (laughs) I know. We are kindred spirits. It is true. It is true. I'm very excited uh, to hear more about this. And and as you know, this is about conversations of business owners turned CEOs. And you've got this great team under you. I've got to meet some of them and work with them. They're just delightful people, all of them. But let's go back to before you were the boss and tell me about the best boss you ever had. You know, it's so funny in thinking about that. I feel like I've been an entrepreneur so long. I can't remember the last I time I, I had like a boss. Yeah. And going through, um, like going through college waiting tables at yeah. several like crappy bosses, <laughs> like scary bosses. We mm-hmm. had one, we literally called him the scary bear and we referred to ourselves as campers. <laughs> like this guy was just so mean. And, and he, he, you know, ran this restaurant we were working at through fear. Oh, and, not good. and like, you were just be like, Oh, he's not working today. Oh, thank God. You know? Yeah. And so I, I learned from being on the receiving end of a, a bad boss. Yeah. I was a bad boss because I think he was just a bad person. Oh, that happens. There <laughs> are, there's bad people out there sometimes. Right? right. And I mean, there could be good people out there who are not an effective boss. Have they still are a yeah, good person. This guy was a bad person. <laughs> uh, but, you know, lots of bosses that I can't really remember lots of detail about and or they were just, you know, kind of nondescript. I got my paycheck and I left or whatever. Um, and then as I started moving forward in my career, I had good supervisors. I had good yeah, collaborative teammates. Right. Yeah. And so um, it wasn't necessarily a boss, but, but understanding how that communication 
yeah. needs to be um, utilized and leveraged and, and playing to each other's strengths. Yeah. That, those were good lessons, but I will re-say re re that I did have a boss during an internship I had with, the city, of, with the city of Portland. Portland wow. Oregon. And um, she was the police, the mayor's office police liaison. Got it. And I was was an intern coming in and just waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. She gave me a project and said, we don't know anything about this situation that's happening. Uh, it was a, a bicycle movement called Critical Mass. Okay. And Critical Mass was a bunch of cyclists who were trying to block traffic with their. Oh, their yeah. Yeah. And, and this yeah. is this is back in the late '90s, uh, early 2000s, and um, they didn't know anything about it other than it was turning traffic on its on its head and was just obnoxious. Um, they would do something called corking, which the first bicycle into the intersection, yeah, was the start of the car, so to speak, whatever the vehicle. So if a, yeah. if a lead bike enters the intersection, you have to wait until it's done, even if there's like 500 other cyclists. So you could see Underneath how that, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Once they're in, they they have that right away, right. Calling it, yeah. calling it corking. She said, go figure it out, kid. And, <laughs> and I did, and this is, you know, not a whole lot of internet to find out. So I found myself with the permission to trust my gut and go looking for, you know, doing a little sleuthing and like being yeah. in online forums and chat rooms. And, and I found out all of this information, including that there was a good group and a bad group. Ooh, like, drama. And I remember feeling really proud of myself for finding the information and excited to give it to them. And she created that space for me to do it by saying, we don't know anything. Go find it. Go yeah. figure it out. And so I didn't have any, any guidelines or guardrails, but I felt empowered. And nice. that was a good, so that I was a good feeling. Yeah. She was a, a good boss. I love that. I love that. Well, and like you said, you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time now, my friend. And I love that about you. Would you care to quantify that? When did you start your own business? The first one? Um, well, my own, my first business was, um, a hundred years ago. My first business was in the early, uh, early mid, uh, nineties. I was going yeah. through a divorce and yeah. I had been a single mom and I um, had been taking pottery classes at the Y or something just for fun. My yeah. husband left me with a four-year-old and pregnant with our next. And so uh, I created my own uh, pottery business and started huh. selling pottery. So like that was kind of my first entrepreneurial foray, unless you count when I was six and decided it would be a good idea to put a card table in front of my house and sell rocks. <laughs> I think that totally counts. I love it when people get their kids. You know, it's funny is um, getting kids involved in business reminds me that uh, my teenager likes to steal my sweatshirts. I'm part of a specific um, small business community, small business owners community. And mm -hmm. they have t-shirts that literally say small business owner on them. Or not t-shirts, sweatshirts that I buy. Well, they have t-shirts too, but I like the sweatshirts. Anyway, and my son, my 15-year-old keeps stealing them, but he never 
smiles larger than when we are out in public and he wears that. And somebody says to him, you're a small business owner. And he says, well, actually I'm building this business. And he gets to tell them a little bit about what he's got in mind and what we're working towards for him. And so that identification uh, for the kids and understanding that that's a path for them, Mm -hmm. absolutely selling your rocks counted. I think so. I don't know what I was thinking. I just knew that I had collected them on camping trips and whatever, and I liked the rocks. I so love it. Forget the fact that, you know, from a logistics and marketing standpoint, it was stupid. We were on a cul-de-sac and I sat at the end of the cul-de-sac hoping somebody's going to drive by and decide to buy a rock. Aww. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so then I, you know, had this little pottery business and then, you know, I was, I was working, um, you know, doing my, politics, legislative stuff for the city of Portland. I did some work with uh, the Washington state legislature um, in the house of representatives, speech writing and things like that. But then uh, when my husband and I got married, I wanted to stay home with our, our youngest. That was 20 years ago. And so, you know, I stayed home with him and, and quickly, you know, got a little antsy not to go back to work, but because there was creative parts of me that I needed to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get that. So that was back in like 2008. And, um, I started a blog that, that was my, I didn't know at the time that it was going to be my next entrepreneurial endeavor. And in fact, if you'd asked me if I was an entrepreneur at the time, I would have said, no, I think that's Um, how it happens for a lot of people when they start out. Yeah. Well, even the fact that, you know, I, I looked at my little pottery business as survival. Yeah. I didn't look at it yeah. as, as, I looked at it as um, a stopgap measure until yeah. I could get a real job because yeah. Yeah. The, the ex left me, you know, in a lurch. Right. Yeah. Um, but so everything that I know now that is translated into Houndstooth Media Group, I learned in the college of running a, a DIY and lifestyle blog that was for me. That. That's how I learned wow. about SEO. That's how I learned how to leverage social media and build a brand and uh, why you want to have traffic come to your website that you're not paying to, you know, all of these yeah. things. All the things. And, and that's what informed the knowledge base that I have. And then the agency, you know, 10 years ago evolved from that. I love that. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So there we are with Houndstooth. And so now, now we're in Houndstooth and you're, you've got this, agency model that you're building on. So why did you make your first hire outside of yourself for that company? Oh, cause I recognized there was something I needed to do and I, I didn't know how to do it. So ah, if keeping, okay. if keeping in mind, um, I, I come from this blogging background. I know how to do all of these things. Um, I had a friend who was a luxury real estate agent who was told by her brokerage, Hey, I need to, um, I need to write a, a weekly blog post. I'm s- totally swamped. Would you ghostwrite for me? Ooh, yeah. money. I'll do yeah. that. And then as I'm like having this little side gig, cause my blog is already making money, right? But yeah. here's another, another way to, to make some extra money. So I was doing that. It was like, oh my gosh, uh, Cindy, your brokerage doesn't understand how marketing works. They were like, yeah. had a Facebook page and they would use their Facebook page to wish their team members happy birthday. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like you're talking to the people. Yeah, this works. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so she's, she said, oh, interesting. Would you, uh, would you tell the guys, uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I thought the guys were her friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, they were the five founding partners of a luxury real estate 
brokerage in, you know, offices in Beverly Hills and Brentwood and, and Santa Monica. Fantastic. I'm, I'm glad I didn't know at the time or I would have been very nervous. Instead yeah, of, of like, course, of course. You, know. but you got to be just Vivian. You got to go in there and rock their socks. Uh, I did. And, and, you know, my friends sort of proverbially kicked me under the table when I started to just tell them how to do it. And I was like, or you can hire me and I'll. There I'll we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, completely flying by the seat of my pants. And it didn't even occur to me. And, and that's the thing that's interesting is when something comes easily for us, we tend yeah. to not value it. Yeah, that's the business owner curse, especially for females. But I will tell you, a lot of men also suffer with imposter syndrome, right? This idea that um, that we have to provide a physical thing or that uh, I'm sure if I just do it for them for a long time, they'll finally recognize how brilliant I am and start paying me massive amounts of money. But mm -hmm. there's a real triggering in that. I totally understand. Yeah. Well, and I, I naturally have a, I like, I would not be a good teacher in that I don't have the temperament or the patience for it. I would not be I a good it. teacher. I right? get that. But, but I have a spirit of, well, let me show you. Yeah. Like I don't execute that well. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to teach. I want you to understand. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm not good at that part, but, <laughs> um, so, my so agency, back to your first hire, we were talking about why yeah, so you decided to make your first hire. This agency, one man agency right here, just me. Yeah. Um, I started revamping their, their marketing department at this brokerage. And I got to a part where it, they, you know, YouTube is a search engine. So, yes, it is. so they weren't doing right by their YouTube channel and I'm not a YouTube expert. Got and it. so, but I had a friend who was. And nice. so my first hire was uh, a friend of mine that I knew from blogging in a Facebook group I was in. And I was like, who, Rhonda, can you help with this? And yeah. I knew what they were paying me by the hour. And nice. so that was my first business decision where like, if they're paying me X, that means I can afford to pay Rhonda this much and I will get a little piece of that. So like that yeah. was my first, you know, hire with my budget in mind. Very excited. Right. And so she's so Excellent. I love that. Yeah. And so you, but you recognize it wasn't so much that you were like, oh, I've got to go out and learn this thing, which I find that a lot of bosses fall into is like, oh, I better go learn this. You were quickly like, nope, not my thing. Who do I know that I can pull from that? And that's just such a great, that is such a great mindset to start off with. And it's so mm -hmm. hard for some people to step into that. They think they have to understand it to even manage it, right? And if you just know the results you want, then you can always find people and manage to those results. You don't have to know how the sausage is made or the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I just right? want the breakfast. Yeah. Right. Just See, nice talking about breakfast. But, but to your point, no, we don't necessarily have, we, we need to know what is the outcome that we want. Yep, the result. Right. But, um, we, and we need to sort of reverse engineer who can get us to that result. Yeah. But you still, you can't, there is a fine line. You still need to have a general idea of what it needs to look like. Like I had a, a, an appointment earlier today with a, a client who hired a, uh, somebody, they said, this is the kind of website we, we want. The people gave them the website that looked like they wanted Just like it that. To, that it looks the way they wanted it to didn't do any of the foundational work. Their business model. Website su yeah. It's, it's terrible. And my advice to them is, you know, you can remediate, but you might actually have just lost 
you got what you wanted and several thousand dollars because you didn't know what you didn't know. If you don't know to ask for it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. And that's what it, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, when we are hiring vendors and independent contractors, I find that the biggest limitation is people are like, well, I don't know YouTube. So how do I know what I don't know? Well, the clarity is, do you want your your page to be ranked number one in hiring and business, small business, right? That's, you're looking for that result. You're not looking for, I want a YouTube channel. Well, but what do you want it to do? What's the result? And I do think that, you know, through good business coaching and through, you know, there's so many resources out there for entrepreneurs and business owners to learn about what, like, if I'm saying I want a YouTube channel, the question is, why do I want a YouTube channel? What's the thing? Well, I want it to bring me more people. Okay, so I want an engaging YouTube that finds cold traffic, right? You have to learn these words. And, and I and I understand that, but that can't be a limitation. What we need to do at that point is use all these great small business communities that are out there, right? Whether they're, you know, your Facebook groups, if you're in a bunch of groups, whether it's through coaching or accelerators or communities, there's so many great masterminds, right? There's so many opportunities to be around other people that can say, oh, it, you know, if you know you want a YouTube and you know that you want cold traffic, we call that cold traffic. New people means you want cold traffic. Oh, now you know the words to use when you go out, you start vetting people. But just Mm -hmm. hiring somebody because they know YouTube, there's so much behind it. You know, I get excited when we talk about hiring. We don't have time for that, Vivian. Never mind. You took me down the road and I got all excited. But follow up with us at Boss Actions if you have any questions, listener. I would love to answer these questions. Vendors are just as much a part of your team as your employees. And you, Mm -hmm. as the boss, need to take ownership of making sure you're bringing the right people in, just like the story Vivian just shared. You know, I hear of all the industries, marketing, to your point, you being in marketing, that is the one that in business coaching, actually, those are the two that I hear the biggest complaints from small business owners, not vetting properly and spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on the wrong thing. And it just breaks my heart. And yeah. uh, so listeners, make sure you just do a little homework before you start. Really be clear on the result you're looking for and how that helps your business. And that'll get you down the road of finding the right answer every time. So right. Well, and I, I would think that, you know, whether it's marketing or whether it's hiring, you know, a business coach or, or you know, anything like that, it's yes, you need to know what is the end result that you want. But like, I'll use marketing as the example. I think marketing agencies, there's a lot of them that are like, let me just blow some smoke and here's some mirrors and here's some snake oil. And I'm going to use big words and jargons to, to just try to make it sound like you should hire me because listen to how I know what I'm doing. Right. Which a lot of people yes. can fall into that trap for marketing here that you need to know who is your ideal customer that you're trying to attract. That's it. That's the foundation. If you haven't started there, everything else is going to be wrong. Who do you want to attract? And I and I get that. And I and I get that. But when it comes to you know being a boss, which is what we're here for today, right? The, right. Uh, you can blame the snake oil salesman, but really truthfully, I want to put it on you, boss. I'm not blaming you for the past, but I need you to take ownership every time you engage with someone that is a hire and Mm -hmm. only you have the resource and time and energy to take the time to vet people properly. And if that means you need to learn more about that topic before you can start to vet people properly, I'm a thousand percent 
for yes. that. That's right? The, that's that's, that's the, the key, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. the key. Because yeah, that yeah. communication, like I don't do any of the hiring for houndstooth anymore. Yeah, of course not. I, you shouldn't, right? You're not, yeah, um, yeah, you're, but, but the people who do the the hiring, the, the and every part yeah. of that process, yeah. we all need to be on the same page of, all right, what's our goal here? What is the result we want to have happen because of this? So even though I'm not thousand involved, um, but you, you, know, you defined it. So as the boss, you defined the culture and the skill set and the expertise that you're looking for, regardless of whether it's SEO or copywriting or social media maintenance, you, as the leader of Houndstooth help define that initial culture. You bring mm -hmm. that down to your leaders who are now in charge of those, yeah. those skill sets and they're taking that on. And so that was through your knowledge and expertise early on about, no, no, we need the right person, not any person. And that makes mm -hmm. a huge difference, right? Exactly. And, and that communication with your, your higher level team, you all have to be on the same page because 100%. they're, they're the next line of defense for bringing yeah. something. We are constantly hiring for fit first skills second. Ooh, if I your mama did not teach you to have integrity and be a good person, mm -hmm. uh, I don't care how awesome you are at the mm -hmm. skill we need. You're not going to be a good fit here. Uh -huh. And I think you're going to sow chaos. Yeah. See yeah. And that's, and that leads to ease, right? So we talk about the four alignments of higher, but I will tell you when they fit with your culture, that's creating ease. Now we all like to work the same way. We all have the same core values. We all have the same ideology of why we're serving this particular client. We all have this idea of how we like to show up and work with each other. And it, that's why culture is so important. It's the one thing I agree with in corporations and how they hire as they talk about culture, but it is as important in small business mm -hmm. that as a boss, I know what kind of people I want to work with and what we have in common so that I can vet that before they get in and they turn out to be a poisonous apple, right? Somebody that's right. a negative Ned would never work on our team. We are all about the possibilities and I have to take responsibility for learning how to identify that and attract the right people, vet them, and then motivate them, right? That's the job yeah. as the boss. And so, I would argue that, that it is even more oh, uh, important that yeah. like corporations have a company culture. I'd argue that it's even more important that um, a small business have a really mm -hmm. clear, focused um, company culture that everyone's I on agree. the same page with. Because if you have 10 employees and two of them are assholes, yeah. um, 20% of your workforce is a mess impacting the other 80%. A hundred. Yes. And, and to your point, right, they are, you're going to lose those 80% of good people. I promise yes. you, boss, if you yes. have somebody that is on your team that you are avoiding and not dealing with right here and right now, then you are losing slowly a little bit every day that they see that person coming in and under connecting or under, they might even be excellent at their job, which is why they're still around and you're making excuses for them. But I promise you all the rest of the great team, they're going to be out the door really, really soon. So don't think you can keep limping this along that poison apple, mm -mm, that barrel's going bad a little bit at a time. And it's not going to, it's either going to turn those other people into underperformers, which is the absolute worst situation or for them, they're going to be good people that go work somewhere else where good people are valued. And you need to be aware of that. Right. Yeah. And, well, and even from from just a, you know, dollars and cents thing, you've got people who are unhappy. They're starting their meetings talking about the other person. 
Yeah. They're, 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 you can't oh. not talk about it. So then and now they suck you, up more of the boss time, right? Because yes. they're constantly having to be reminded of how they're behaving poorly or how they're not setting up to the standards or they're not showing mm -hmm. up for clients in the correct manner, right? That mm -hmm. time and energy, I'm telling you, if you have the right people on your team, management becomes easy and fun. I know mm -hmm. you guys don't believe me. I literally can hear you rolling your eyes wherever you are right now, but I'm telling you the right team. Vivian, do you love your team? I do. I know, right? I love your team. And they are totally Vivian's people. And they are totally the kind of people that Houndstooth, her company's clients want to work with. And that is, I cannot express to you, the best salesman in the world is not the right person for you if they can't connect to your clients, if they don't connect to you as a boss, and if they can't represent your core values, in addition to being good at their job. Got to do all four people. I know, 100%. I think it's crazy. Well, let's go back to you, Vivian. Let's go, let's go around our core values. No, and everybody should. I agree with yeah. that. That's great. That's exactly, has to be part of your, your vetting process. But let's go back to you. What do you wish you'd known about being a boss before you became a boss? Um, many, many things. I think, I think <laughs> honestly, at its core level, I thought being a boss was you just told people what to do. Okay. Remember, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Yeah. Being, being a boss is not the same thing as being a, a leader, right? Okay. Um, and what does that mean? Telling, telling somebody what to do isn't the same thing as um, bringing the best out of them. Yes, I agree. Right. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I can I can look at how I am as a parent raising four boys who are now grown adults. But yeah, just constantly telling them this is how you load a dishwasher. This is yeah. how you do this. This is how you, <laughs> really what it is, is this is how mom loads the dishwasher. This is how the Come boss do it again. Yeah. This is how mom sets the table. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe they got it done in a different way. It still was maybe what they do is more efficient. So what I've had to learn is I, number one, don't know all of the things. Number yeah, two, don't necessarily know the best way to approach it. And mm -hmm. maybe somebody else has a, a better, a better way. And I should not be trying to dictate how something should unfold in a day-to-day -day basis when I'm not involved with that day-to-day -day task. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's that's an excellent perspective because that's the truth of it. It it seems like a hard transition for a lot of people, but once you've got that figured out, you're like, oh, I don't. And it, just the pressure of trying to have everything figured out before you ask someone to help is actually what keeps so many small business owners stuck. You don't need mm -hmm. to know every step yet. Ha bring somebody in that might have that process already laid out or that experience so they can give you suggestions. You can still be right. the decider and I would recommend that you are, mm -hmm. but you still can let people bring to you information, knowledge. You don't have to know how it's all done. I love that so much. Well, um, excellent and the idea of, I am very clear about what I want the end result to be. I'm very yeah. clear about what, you know, obviously whatever the project is, it needs yeah. to be done with excellence and the right way. But how do I want my clients to feel when the yeah. project is done? Yeah. How do they feel? And so then it's like, this is how they feel with what we've given them. Yeah. Reverse engineer it. What does yeah. it take to, to evoke those feelings and get the job done? 
for the client. And then from there, because the, the goal is the client from there. Okay. Now, what do we know we need to do to make the team not crazy while delivering? <laughs> yeah. So client yeah. first, team second. Yeah. But if, if the client's first, that means more clients, which means more work for the team, more which opportunity, means, you know, more, more opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But, but by Have letting it. the team do the reverse engineering of those steps, they are the ones who identify, hey, we've got a gap here. What yeah. do you think if we did this? And again, I'm not in the day-to-day of it. So I'm like, that. if you think that'll work, that's awesome. Let's and so they it. have the, just like that boss I used to have, empowered team does good work figuring things out. I love that. I love that. And so, so, but let's talk about, you know, you've built this team, you've been, they're rocking it. You've got all the right layers in there, but when there's a day when the team is not using the tools and it's not getting done correctly, what is your self-talk to get you through those moments? Well, it it depends on the day, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, But you know what? I, I actually will go back to, um, quite frankly, to the Bible. And I will take take a moment and go, okay, these are small and momentary troubles. Mm. What should I be looking at? Is this a situation where like, I'm really pissed off right now. Um, Where's my compassion? And can I love my neighbor a little bit more here? And, and, you know, just sort of that biblical mindset shift, a reminder that this is how I, I need to be the salt and the light in the world and the salt and light for my team. Aww. Not to say I'm, I'm all Bible thumping and preaching at my team. No, no, I, I, this, I know that to be true. Mentally, not, yeah. Right. For me mentally, it's like. That's your centering spot. What, that's my set. Like, okay, I'm upset about this. Is this going to matter tomorrow? Is it going to matter? Yeah. Like those kinds of, of things. When I see a pattern. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we, we've got a couple of things going on where I'm like, this, this needs to be discussed. This needs to be like addressed improved. and yeah. improved. Um, and if it's not, what are, what are the off ramps here? Yeah. This, like this that. road is not looking good. What kind of off ramps are there? I like that. I like, I like calling it off ramp. That's really good. Um, uh, you know, we were talking about hiring earlier and one of the things that we ask everybody that people really get excited about. What is your favorite interview question? Do you have one that you ask everybody regardless of the position or that you feel is really uh, a really good one that you want to share with the listeners? Um, Well, as I said, I don't interview anymore, Um, but I I know that uh, I know that we ask questions or, you know, tell me a time when you disagreed with something going on at work. How did you handle that? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's the time where, you know, you had a, a, a problem and how did you, how did you solve it in a creative and innovative way? Um, uh, yeah, especially because creativity is such critical right. to your workflows. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like th- those kinds of things um, yeah. where it's just, I like it's, it's, I, I don't want necessarily your, your resume with all of the things you used to do. I, again, I'm, I'm trusting your skill set, but I, I, don't want people on the team who have to wait for me or their, their supervisor to tell Mm -hmm. them what to do. I'm looking for people who are innovative and um, 
there's a difference between taking initiative and taking the bit in your teeth. Ah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a fine line. Sometimes one of the things that I really do like that, um, it's a questionnaire we give after we, we hire. So it is, um, it's called a getting to know you questionnaire. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that's my that's where I come in. I want to like read all about the people. No, with the fun things. Like, we have questions like who would be on your zombie apocalypse team and why? <laughs> like what's what's the most overrated TV show that there is? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Favorite, favorite snack, favorite, you know, uh, color. Do yeah. you have pets? Would you go skydiving? Yes or no? Questions like that <laughs> that are fun. And because one of our core values is humor. Mm -hmm. right it's the fifth it's the fifth of five but it's an important one but this sort of getting to know you thing helps to further set that this is what the the environment is like it's fun we're interested in this kind of stuff and also i use the their answers as a gift giving guide yeah that's exactly gift i want to know when your birthday is i want to say you know what's your favorite drink like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's really good. What do you What do you love about being the boss of the team you have right now, Vivian? I love that they just kind of take my vision and run with it. Nice. And when my vision is not clear, they tell me that and say, "Let's mm. sit down and fo- like refocus your vision." Because that was the vision that you had in 2021, but now it's 2024 and it's gotten murky. So nice. um, they they will actually tell me that. That's perfect. That's so good. And it's so critical, right? Because the truth is all small business, you know, our, our strategic goals or our, even our mission and values can change a little bit as we continue to grow and shift. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. having that, that idea that they're like, Hey, we need to check back in with you to make sure we're still on the right course. That is, that is just priceless. And I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you've developed a team that, that uh, is clear enough to come to you in those moments. That is so, that is so the ideal. That's, that's rockstar. We call that rocking your bossitude. I don't know if you're surprised. Am I that. doing there it? You are. You're rocking your positive. It, it doesn't feel like it, you know? Why do you say that? Just when, when you are one day after the other, like what is today? I don't even know. Right. Yeah. Cause there's days when I think we're coming off a weekend, but I work the whole weekend. So the days blend yeah. and those times yeah. when you feel like I'm taking two steps and sliding back one, you know, but it's, it's survivable, even tolerable and palatable because you have good people around you. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Makes it yeah. more fun. Even in the scary, hard, icky moments when we've got the right people around us, it's just, it's not that bad. Then we're all just swimming with rubber duckies. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and when you have the right team around you and you trust them and you like them and care about them and you feel that it's reciprocal, that yeah. they like and care, yeah. care about you. Life interrupts work all the time. Yeah. So when you have the right team around you, that's a trusted team. When you have the right systems and processes in place, yeah. when your life interrupts you, you can step away without going, oh my gosh, is, is the place burning down? Cause I had to take my parent, my aging parent to the doctor. 
Absolutely. Is, That's you know, the idea. Those kinds of things. Yep. Um, because life will interrupt. Maybe Guaranteed. you've got a vacation. Great. That's lovely. But most of us, our vacation, we can really plan for that. What happens in an emergency? Yeah. What happens when yeah. I, I'm sorry, I cannot come in today and just yeah. know that your team's got you, got you covered. That's it's magic. Priceless. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you completely, my friend. You have got it going on, Vivian. If listeners want to get hold of you and Houndstooth, how would you like them to find you? Well, they can go to houndstoothmediagroup.com and uh, fill out a form and say, hey, contact me. And we will. <laughs> that's that's um, good. I believe you're also going to put in the notes. We have a, um, a 30 days to improve your online presence. Love it. Uh, little, uh, workbook that you can sign up for and it'll be a daily email that gives you just one small thing to do to make things better. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be in the show notes for sure, everybody. Make sure you always visit the show notes. We have little goodies in there for you from all kinds of people. We'll have all the ways, social media and the um, the company link that you can find Vivian and Houndsuit. Vivian, thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories and your great conversation. We're grateful for all these moments we get to share with awesome bosses like you. Uh, it's my pleasure. And it's always a treat to hang out and talk with you, Telmar. Ah, thanks so much. Listeners, if you liked this episode, don't forget to share it. Make sure that all your favorite business owners know how they too can learn to rock their bossitude. Everybody, don't forget to show where once a week we're here. We've got different shows coming live every single week. You can go into our show notes and our show to see any past episodes you may have missed. And I just want you to remember, I know it feels frustrating and it can be really challenging at different times, but the truth of the matter is this can be some of the best times. If you really learn how to be there for your team and get a team that will be there for you, it makes all the difference in the world. Boss on. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If this episode helped you, Be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag RockYourBossitudePodcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on!